Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is Christmas Eve. December 24th, 2020. Christmas is almost upon us. Christmas in the form of the playoffs is almost upon us as well. We are in there, baby. We are in. One more game. That's all we need to win. One more game. And we are a lock for the playoffs. To expound on that a little bit further, if we win this game and the Saints lose this game, who are they playing? I Uh, cannot No. Wait, I just saw Minnesota. And then... Uh, the week after that, we get to play Atlanta again, and they got to play Carolina. If they lose that game and we win our game, guess who has the number one seed? What? Guess who wins the NFC South? What? what? Well, we definitely yes. have the number one seed, or will we be in contention for the number one seed? I'm pretty sure we'll have it. Because uh, the Packers are still kind of in the running. Uh, yeah, I guess it does depend on what they do. But we beat yeah. the Packers, so if we top them, and if we win out. Yeah. That's true. And we don't even... Okay, so that's best case scenario. Worst case scenario is we lose tomorrow. Uh, The I mean, on Saturday, which I don't think is going to happen. But we could still be securing a playoff berth if the Bears lose. So, even if we lose tomorrow, it's not... We're still... There's still a way in. Yeah, yeah. If we lose tomorrow, it's, it's really no big deal. We just only have to win one more. If we if we win yeah. one more, then we're in. Ain't nobody can catch us. Ain't nobody can beat us. What? And and it's still possible we could we could get in the playoffs without winning anymore. Yeah. So nine and seven. It will it will be crazy. I do expect a win on Saturday. We'll get to that later. But to finish potentially ten and six or even eleven and five is kind of like a whoa. <laughs> this is so funny. I've never we, seen that. We talked before we did the podcast here, and we're like, "All right, here's what we let's do. This is the structure. We're going to do this and this and this." And then we start the podcast and immediately just blow it out. We start talking <laughs> playoffs. We did not have that planned at all. All right, let's get to let's get a little bit of structure here. We got some fact <laughs> okay. checks and follow ups from it for you. Molly, what you got? It has been so long since we did a podcast. And just a side note, like Christmas this time of year is just crazy. And then in case you couldn't tell, we rearranged our office. So between trying to get stuff done for Christmas and getting the new office set up and getting our audio working and all that, uh, we missed the last two podcasts that we would have had, which was a bummer. But it had been so long that I had to refresh my memory. We talked in the last podcast, there was an article from Joe Buck's fan, and I um, brought up, oh, I saw a headline, was Fournette benched? And I did not bother to read the article. So I just want to follow up on that. Joe Buck's fan, the article that they had was questioning whether Fournette was benched because he was inactive for the Vikings game. So they were more asking the question. They didn't have an answer to it one way or the other in the article. But clearly he wasn't benched. I mean, he didn't play that game, but then he came in the next week and was our starter against Atlanta. So that kind of clears up that question. Any ambiguity there. We talked about in 2018, we had a 10 plus, 10 plus sack player. 
And we were questioning who that was. Ralph, you conjectured that maybe it was JPP, and you were indeed right. He had 12 and a half that year. And the next highest on the stat sheet was Carl Nassim, had 60, uh, 6.5. So hmm. six less sacks than him. Interesting. I know. Forgot so, about old Nassib. I know. Nassib. I miss him. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's it. That's all I got for our fact checks. All right. Oh, not too shabby. Not too shabby, keeping ourselves accountable here. <laughs> that's our job. We like doing that. we got a good show for you today. We're going to cover a lot, a lot of news. Uh, Molly's got a bunch. I've got a bit. Uh, we're going to talk about the game against the Atlanta Falcons. Got finished with the All-22. Got the videos out. I've got some thoughts on it. Also, thoughts on the Minnesota game. I don't think we did the All-22 on that. They're, they're kind of going to coincide a little bit there. And then we're going to talk about the game coming up Saturday against Molly. Detroit Lions. Okay. Well, I was Ralph? waiting for you to say something. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, Molly has watched the Detroit Lions games, and she has got some notes prepared for us. A bunch of notes, apparently. She was all excited about it, showing me clips. She's like, you got to see this. You got to see this. So we got a lot for you. We need to get into it. All right, Molly. What do we uh, got for news? Okay. We have made some roster moves in the last couple of weeks. We released... Wide receivers, Cyril Grayson, Cyril Doink Grayson, and Josh Pearson from the practice squad. And then we ended up re-signing Josh Pearson. Oh, we didn't re-sign Grayson. He's the one that's been flip-flopping back and forth. Yeah, yeah. So, and then on the 18th, we had signed punter Dustin Colquitt and long snapper Garrison Sanborn to the practice squad. That was when we had the whole issue with our specialist group being put on the COVID reserve list. That ended up being a false positive. So we brought on those two guys, and they are still on the practice squad as of today. So they're still there. We made another roster move. This one was kind of a long time coming. Justin Evans, who was a former six-round pick of the Buccaneers, uh, was waived with a failed physical designation. He was a sixth round pick. No, se- second. Oh, former you said six. second round pick. Yeah, no, I was. I was like, I thought he was what? second or third round. No, second. Thanks for catching that. Uh, he hasn't played or practiced since 2018. So, good lord, not a huge shock that he's has a failed physical. I just. You know, that one, I was just always, I felt like they held on too long to that one. Yeah, yeah. I but I guess the you. second round pick, it's kind of expected. Yeah. Devin White was named the NFC Defensive Player of the Week for his performance against the Falcons. I have a feeling I know why you Yeah, I got like a few that. things to say about that. So. Uh, he had 12 tackle, tackles, 10 solo, three sacks, four and a half TFLs two passes defended, and three quarterback hits. So regardless of what he looked like on the film, he looked Racked pretty good stats. on the stat sheet. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hmm. Mark Schlereth is going to be calling our game Saturday. Who is that? An announcer. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ex-player. I don't know how to tell you who he is. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> just, we're talking like I should know him. I figured you would. I mean, you've watched enough football games. Oh, maybe. Once I hear the voice, I'll know. 
Right, right, right. I, I should like right now go and play some. Hold on. <laughs> I know. Hold you should on. have that ready. I'm gonna I'm gonna do you it. Should have known. All right, I got something queued up for you. Okay. That uh, you let me know if you don't recognize this guy or not. Anything? Call Anything? Hey, we aren't supposed to be here, so let's shock them while we're here. Mm-mm. No. Oh, wait. Perhaps no Bronco trap. Nope. Okay. I got well, nothing. There you go. <laughs> that is so weird, man. I might, I'm, you know, they have different announcer voices than they do speaking voices, so he, I might recognize his announcing voice. Okay. Okay. We lost Josh Rosen from the practice squad. He was scooped up by the 49ers. That one surprised me. Yeah. And I was a little like, eh, shucks. I was hoping he might be a uh, the future. The future. The future, <laughs> but I guess not. Ryan Suckup's on place pace to break Matt Ryan's field goal record, or team record of 131 points. He's uh, 25 for 27 on field goals, 92.6 percent, which is really really good. Yeah, we might break the Matt Bryant curse. Yeah, no it. doubt. That's yeah. right. Suck up. <laughs> you could do it. You could do it. We're going to break the playoff curse. We're going to break know. the Matt Bryant curse. This is the year of breaking everything. Yes. Rick Stroud reported that Jason Pierre-Paul provided 150 bikes and other things for kids at the Deerfield Beach Boys and Girls Club. That's cool. So doing a little charity. Yeah. Did we talk about this in the last one that Sue and his wife are expecting twins? We might have touched on that one. Yeah, they do, they got some great Instagram stories and pictures out. Those are really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and they got I mean, they're like professionally spread. done. Yeah. You know, it's like they, they have a cinematography crew following them around or something. Yeah, well, they do like chef videos on Instagram, or Sue does, and sometimes she's in on. Sue like, likes cooking. to eat. Yeah, I know. The, I think that's apparent. <laughs> these linemen, <laughs> the guys in the trenches like Ryan Jensen. Speaking of the guys in the trenches, the Saint, the league has said that Saints defensive end Cam Jordan would probably not be suspended for the punch that got him ejected from the Kansas City game, but it will be reviewed for a possible fine. I don't know if you saw it. I went back and watched it, and it looked like hand fighting to me, but not a punch. Hmm. So yeah. if you can really make that, yeah, Saints are dirty. Maybe. <laughs> Forget them. <laughs> Fine and suspend all of them. I know. The whole team. Might as well. Apparently, uh, Todd Gurley is not the lead running back for the Atlanta Falcons anymore. It's Edo Smith, according to Raheem Morris. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Kind of a surprise. But according to the Atlanta fan base, because I did go and check out all their salty tears <laughs> after the game. Went to all the forums and stuff and uh-huh. their websites. Yeah, they were a little upset. but. Oh. Uh, they were all happy because apparently they don't like Todd Gurley. He's not done enough for him. So, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Speaking- Kevin Green died. That's sad. Young. He was forty something. I think in his fifties, like fifty six. That's sad. We don't know what he died of yet. Oh really? Yeah, but it was like sudden though. If you're not familiar, See? Kevin Green, he played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The, Carolina Panthers, I think the Rams, back when they were St. Louis, I think. Uh, and I, I want to say he coached with the Carolina Panthers for a while. Can't remember. 
But he was an interesting player. Always had long blonde hair sticking out of the back of his helmet. Sad thing to see he's no longer with us. The Panthers fired their general manager, Marty Herney, over the week. Marty Hernia? <laughs> what I think whoever tweeted it first, like Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, they actually accidentally typed in Mary Herney. So everyone was like, who is that? The first woman GM. They just fired her. So uh, they will be in the market along with the Atlanta Falcons for a new GM. You got any more news you want to throw in there real quick before I get to this last piece? Uh, the Carolina-Washington game has been moved to 4.05 p.m. Sunday. They got flexed. Got flexed. So what were they originally? Were they the 1 o'clock and then they got flexed to 4? I was confused. Sure. I know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And why would <laughs> you even move that? Like, who wants to see that? That's probably why they moved it, because nobody <laughs> wants to watch it. That's We're what gonna... I mean. Was it like the 8 o'clock game that they switched out? Might have been. I don't know. Uh, Dan Snyder's in a little bit of trouble again. It seems like, according to the newspapers, he, the NFL did their own investigation on the sexual assault allegations going on throughout the uh, Redskins organization. <laughs> uh huh. And at first they were like, uh, you know, Dan Snyder didn't have any involvement with it. It was all underlings. And come to find out, it appears that Dan Snyder is targeted now. Oh, no. The investigation pulled up some stuff. So we'll see what happens to that. They're going to run him out of town. He's going Wait, to so he, there are accusations now against him? Is that what that I, means? I don't know. Or? It wasn't real specific, but, you know, I mean, the. He's been attacked ever since he's bought the team. He won't, he won't be there. I mean, if you look at the, the Carolina Panthers guy. They ran him out of town in a year over, what was it, some sexual harassment thing? Or yeah, he had I think said so. Something. I don't remember. <clears throat> but, yeah, you get put on their target, man, on their radar. They're going to run you out eventually. Mm -hmm. So I don't think Dan Snyder will be the owner of that football team next year. Apparently, they paid a former employee $1.6 million as part of a confidential settlement in 2009 after she accused Daniel Snyder of sexual misconduct. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, there you go. There we go. Uh, let me see. Arians, Bruce Arians said uh, Kevin Green, who we just mentioned passed away, said he he tried to hire Green in Arizona, but Green turned that to job because he wanted to coach his son in high school. Aaron said, we lost a great, great human being. Uh -uh. Aaron always has good things to say. Uh, linebacker Mark Barron has been waived by the Broncos. I, I saw, and they paid him like over a million dollars and he never took a snap. Yeah, looks like that's probably the end of his career. That was crazy. Yeah. Uh, our officiating crew for this weekend is going to be Steve Novak, I think. Uh, hold on. I've got it right here. I should have had it already ready instead of just guessing and then going, I need to check that out <laughs> because I don't want to do a fact checker follow up. On it. Well, I don't even know who that is. Steve Novak. Uh, I know their Scott faces. Novak. Yes. Uh, they, let me see. Scott Novak was our referee in one game and he was absolutely horrible. If I recall oh, again. Okay. I Lovely. might be. Well, I mean, you think they're all horrible. So. Well, this is true. 
And, you know, it's not because I want to think that. It's right. just they keep I proving know. me right. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me see. I don't know. I should have had all this ready. Wow. Yeah. Anyhow, okay. we've we've had him once before. And I don't recall it being an awesome referee cruise. So. Okay. Maybe we'll fact follow up Week on seven. that one. Week seven. And that was against the Rams. Hmm. And what grade did I give them? A C, 10 uncalled penalties. Not too bad. <laughs> a C. Dad that's worse. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting higher than a C, so that's like officially an A. Yeah. And that's how sad is that when there's 10 uncalled penalties? And I go, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Lions, you know, we got to are – are you going to talk about the COVID stuff coming up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I got our, that. I won't touch on that. Okay. Uh, beep, beep, beep. Yes. Uh, Devin White. Okay, okay. We've covered all that. We've covered all that. Okay. Yes, I'm done with the news. Oh, awesome. Okay. So our last tidbit of news, which got some Bucks fans riled up, was that JPP – was selected for the Pro Bowl. He was the only Buccaneer to be selected. And that was outrageous to some of you Bucks fans who thought people like Levante deserved to go, Devin White deserved to go. So, Ralph, I wanted to hear your thoughts. Tristan Wirf definitely deserved to go. And, I, you know, I don't know how Tom Brady didn't get into that conversation. I know. It's... It's actually incredible. If you look at his stats alone, you know. I Which mean, is what the Pro Bowl is based on, basically. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah, I mean, you could make an argument that Aaron Rodgers is better based on stats, but that's about it. I, I don't know why Tom Brady wasn't selected. I really don't. I mean, the guy's got three times more touchdowns than he does interceptions. He's... You know, at, at at this point, I want to say he he's like equal to Aaron Rodgers in everything. I think he's got more interceptions. I don't know. Did, did Aaron Rodgers get? Pro Bowl? I don't know. I can't even think of who made it. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know, there's definitely a case. Mike Evans, mm-hmm. uh, Ali Marpet, he was out for a few weeks, so that hurt him. Uh, Shaq Barrett, how does he not? Yeah, I, I just. <laughs> Carlton Davis. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, you know, if it was up to me, all the Buccaneers would, go. It would just be the Buccaneers and then all the other players would be on the other team. People so, were particularly bent on a shape that Levante did not get in. And Ronald so, Jones. I, yeah. I mean, can you name a better running back in the NFC? No. Right? I mean, what, I was, well, Dalvin Cook, maybe. Yeah. Okay. That would go. Okay. I mean, he's the fifth, the fifth, uh, fifth place running back as far as yards on the season, and he doesn't play all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's only he's not a three down back. It's really incredible. And plus, we've had a couple of games. We had one game where we only had six running plays. So <laughs> it's incredible what yeah. the guy's done with the opportunities he's gotten. 
I don't know, man. I I hate the promo. I really do. I know. That's the whole thing, though, where I'm like, yeah, I mean, I kind of care, but not really, because we've been snubbed for so long. Levante's been snubbed for so long. Uh, it's just about par for the course. Yeah. Yeah. Poor so. Levante. I, I know. I don't really feel like he... But I, I don't know. We'll We'll get into Levante here in a moment. Okay. But yeah, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul, I mean, he has just really played lights out. To be, as a, I don't want to say old, but, you know, as much veteran. of a veteran as he is <laughs> and to have gone through so many injuries as he has, to be out there and performing the way he's performing is incredible. Through week 15, Pierre-Paul has recorded 50 tackles, six for a loss, 12 quarterback hits, nine and a half sacks, four forced fumbles, four passes defense, two interceptions. And two fumble recoveries. <laughs> He's I mean, the only player in the NFL this season with five or more sacks and multiple interceptions. That's crazy. His nine and a half sacks are tied for the seventh most in the NFL this season. And his four strip sacks are tied for the league lead. Uh, he ranks second among all front seven players while tying for fourth among that group in interceptions. Well, I'll tell you what, he has been a steal for us. I can tell you. I know. <clears throat> thank God. And thank God for Jason Light. You made that happen. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and uh, we are very fortunate to have him. we got to keep him, too. Keep him on the roster. Mm -hmm. Is he up for free agency this year? I, I can't year? remember. I think everybody is. I know. That's how I feel. It's, I don't want to look because it'll oh just gosh. depress me. <laughs> yeah, and especially if the salary cap drops down to like 145 I know. Million, it's going to so be a mess. So many teams are going to have to cut really good players. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a slaughter fest. Mm -hmm. and it's not just going to be the Buccaneers. No, everybody. Uh, Matt Ryan, he ain't going to be with Atlanta anymore. Oh, That's no. I'm sure. Uh-uh. What's he got? He's got a $40 million... <laughs> Yeah, something like that. Forty three, I want to say. If they if they keep him next year, they got to pay him forty three million dollars. Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah, you no doubt about that. And even if they cut him, I think that there's a lot of dead cap money. Atlanta, they ain't very smart. No, they're not in the league for their genius levels. Well, I think that's why they got rid of their GM because <laughs> he did shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> that'll teach them. Yeah, that'll teach you. All right. So we got the news out of the way. Let's talk about this game that happened. Atlanta Falcons got the all twenty-two done. Analyze. I tell you what, this is this is a fun game to watch. We have been <laughs> really kicking out some fun games. I enjoy this. And usually when we beat a team, you know, it's kind of it's just like uh, it's not as fun to watch on the all twenty-two because there's not a lot of mistakes and you know it's basically just us steamrolling people and you know, get old. <laughs> So you you don't get the excitement. It gets you do. old. But this one this one had a little bit for everybody. Oh, this was a, a family friendly beatdown. Uh, I'm going to say some things that I think a lot of people are going to get mad about and disagree with on. But I've got the receipts, so you know if hmm. you want to argue with me on this one, you better come prepared. <laughs> uh, the first quarter, week 15, against the Falcons. I'm just going to go ahead and say this: Without our defensive line, we will not, we would not be where we're at right now. Our defensive line is everything to this team, everything. I've, I'm really surprised by the secondary. I thought they would be a lot better this year, and they started off really good until Vita Vea got knocked out by Devin White in the Green Bay game. Right, it's Green Bay. 
Yeah. I'm going to say it was Green Bay. And ever since then, our secondaries have really struggled, and that's because we're just not getting that quick pressure up the middle that Fia gets. That he got us. So our secondary is having to you know, stay with guys longer. And honestly, it's not that they're bad players. And we talked about this at the beginning of the year. It was just like, I was like, man, these guys just aren't making any mistakes back there. They're they're playing really good football. We can't say that anymore. Now all they're of, doing is making mistakes. A lot of mistakes back there, man. It's They look confused. And Bowles has simplified this defense a little bit. He's He's... He simplified it down because he's seeing the mistakes too. And he's like, all right, if this is too complex for you guys, we'll try to make it a little, we'll dumb it down so even you can understand it. I felt like during the game that Sean Murphy Bunting was getting picked on, I think the first two touchdowns were on him. Mm-hmm. And it seemed to me like the ball kept going his way. It did seem that way. But when you watch it on all 22, he was not, I mean, he wasn't great, but he wasn't. <laughs> The big, no. the bad player on the team. Who was uh, it? The one, <laughs> the one touchdown that got that SMB got. Uh, I think it was Ridley. Uh, he definitely got pushed off on. I mean, Ridley just pushed him. He pushed him like three yards. Oh wow! They, yeah, I, these refs. I don't know what they do. They're sitting right there, and I mean, it's it's obvious when the receiver is five yards away from the defender, and he catches the ball and ends up. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, but, but then when you watch it on the tape, you go, oh, come on. How did you not see that? But yeah, he just pushed, pushed off him straight. Uh, but SMB did make some mistakes. He you know, basically got beat in coverage. I wouldn't say that SMB was out there confused. He was just getting beat in coverage sometimes. The, uh, the, <laughs> nobody, nobody's going to want to hear this. Uh, our linebackers, Devin White, inside linebackers, Devin White and Levante David. I just, you know, it's, I don't know what's going on with Levante. It's it really, really bothering me. I was going to say this after the Minnesota game, after watching all 22, but there is something, something going on with him. Now we had touched on it on the last podcast, but then it was even, it was just as bad in the Minnesota game. And it was bad in this game. I mean, he's out there. It, gosh, I don't even know how to put this. He's he's looking like he doesn't want to play. Hmm. You know, he's he's just not putting forth the effort. And and Levante David is one of those guys who always swarms to the ball. He's got a sense for football. You can tell mm-hmm. he's one of those guys that can play any sport he wants to. He's he's just really good with his body and but he's football is it seems like he was just born playing football. He's got a knack for going where the ball's at or where the ball's going to be, uh getting off of blocks, avoiding blockers, making tackles. You know, just that's Levante David. But in the past few weeks, I'd say four, five weeks, he's man, I you know, he's out there making – he looks lost sometimes. Uh, a lot of times he is lost. I mean, you could see he's on the wrong side of the field. And sometimes he's just standing there. You know, that's not Levante David. Now, there was a couple plays in this game where he uh, was out of position or was covering the wrong person. And after the play, you could see the, the, the secondary is, is not getting along. 
from what I could tell. Now, again, you know, what, what you see on the field in the, the, the all 22 is just little clips of stuff. But after plays, I'll see these guys yelling at each other. Hmm. You know, Levante and Devin White especially are like jawing at each other after a lot of these plays because one of them is messing up and the other one is pointing it out and the other one doesn't like it. Hmm. <laughs> and they're so, so they're arguing. There was one time where it was Devin White, Kevin Minter, and Levante David. Oh, no. And it was Levante David that messed up on that play. And, you know, it's it's worrying me. It's worrying me that there's something wrong with Levante. Now, me and you have sat, we've discussed this, and we've sat and talked about how, uh, you know, speculating on, you know, his personal life. You know, is there something going there? And you brought up some things that happened in the off season, right? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. You know, so maybe that, man, it has to do with it. It looks to me, and this is pure 100% percent speculation on my part it looks to me like he's having personal issues and football is just not a priority for him right now i don't know if he's angry at what he's being called to do but that's just not levante he's never been that type Mm -hmm. of guy and and i'm not saying that he's out there you know shuffling his feet and all this but he's making a lot of mistakes and levante just doesn't do that and he's been doing it for the past few weeks now i i counted uh, let me see. He had five bad plays. This is Levante David here. He had five bad plays and he had two good plays. That never happens. Yeah. I mean, it's been happening the past few weeks. And, and I mean, good grief. I mean, he's doing things, and I put, I put this on the things I found interesting, and I'm trying to, it's so hard for me to talk bad about Levante. And you know, you know, I love Levante. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's something, it's something's happened. You know, I don't know if he's having issues with his wife or whatever, but his mind is just not into it. But there was a couple of plays where he's, you know, he, he's supposed to go back into coverage. So what he does is he's turning around and, you know, with his back to the quarterback and running down the field. You can't see what's going on. And he's getting burned every time he does that. Uh, so you don't think it's a coaching thing? No, 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 okay. not at all. It looks really like it's a – because like I said, you know, the play will be happening, and if Levante David isn't near it, he'll stop and stand there. Mm. And he's never done that before, you know. And there's also this thing with the secondary that they're just – they don't have energy. And when mm-hmm. I say the secondary, I'm talking about the, the safeties, the cornerbacks, and I'm putting the inside linebackers in that group too. Yeah. Where – when a good play happens, you don't see them all run over and congratulate each other. Uh, Carlton Davis had an excellent, excellent pass defense in the end zone, and he almost had an interception. And he landed and he falls, and there was two, I, I want to say it was Whitehead and maybe Jamal Dean was over there with him. And they just kind of like stood there, and he, Davis got up, and he kind of walked over toward him, and they just did a little like low five thing, and that was it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, that was an excellent, excellent play. And he's not even getting congratulated on it. And the team's not excited about it. And I'm seeing this all over the field with our secondary. I definitely noticed it the first, I think, quarter of the Falcons game. It was pretty, mm-hmm. pretty prevalent. Yeah, and definitely because they were getting torched in the, the first part of the, the Falcons game, the first half, first quarter. And it wasn't until our defensive line stepped up 
That's when the game turned around, but we'll talk about that in a second. But we got to remember, who was the Falcons' offensive coordinator? Dirk Cutter. Exactly. And Dirk Cutter, if one thing he isn't, he is an excellent offensive coordinator. He's going to get guys open. He was great with it with us, and he's he's good at the Falcons. So, you know, they're going up against, you know, Matt Ryan, Ridley. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these guys are not slouches. And, you know, they're going up a really good offensive coordinator. So he was able to finagle some wide open receivers and, and all that. But there was some breakdowns in coverage where you just saw that, oh, man, this guy doesn't know what he's doing, what he's supposed to be doing out there on the field. You know, he's just kind of lost. But a lot of it was just dirt cutter was just carving us up. So that brings me to the defensive line. We had zero pressures in the first quarter. It wasn't until about halfway through the second quarter where we got our first pressure, and that was the Domicon Sioux did it. And this has been happening in every game. And I've been like, what's going on here? You know, we've been talking about how, you know, the other we spot the team 17 points. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 Bruce Arians even said that. <laughs> you know, we're spotting team 17 points. And it's our defensive line. They're not – you got to remember, these guys are all veterans up there. Or We've got Sue, JPP, and Barrett. These guys are veterans. And these guys are really the three most important guys on our team right now. Mm-hmm. They, I, 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 I've been trying to figure out what's going on because usually in the first half, they don't get a lot of pressure. But then in the second half, they just take over the field. And if you notice... Go back and watch the games. This is what happens. You know, the the other team will be able to march down the field and score. It doesn't seem like there's getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Mm -hmm. And then in the second half, normally late in the third quarter, but definitely in the fourth quarter, it's there's drive after drive after drive where our defensive line is just getting sacks and pressures Mm -hmm. and interceptions and batting balls down and all this. And so I paid attention in the Minnesota game. Now, the Minnesota game, there was a a crap ton of holding by the Minnesota Vikings. It seems like anytime you've got a really good running team, it's because the offensive line is holding a lot. And that was mm-hmm. definitely the case with Minnesota against us. And our off our defensive line was getting held all the time. Now, Sue, Dom Cox Sue, you just can't hold him. That guy is a master at getting out of being held. They try to hold him every play, it seems like, but he just he's got this thing he does with his shoulders and these spin moves he does. So he he just doesn't get held. But Barrett, uh, Levante David, Devin White, uh Goldston, these guys get held quite a bit and Nacho and those guys. So it seemed like coming out in the second quarter, they started playing different and they were coming out and sticking their hands out and keeping the Vikings offensive line off of them, you know, because the Vikings offensive line, what they were doing is they were getting close to them and grabbing them that away, you know, and pulling them so that the referees couldn't see them. And so they to change their tactics, and then they just started dominating in that game. And it was Barrett, Sue, and JPP. And I'm noticing what these guys are doing is they're not playing hard in the first half. They're conserving their energy. But what they are doing is they're probing the offensive line. They will – you'll see them switch up all the time. I mean, you know, they'll do these stunts and these uh, twists, and they're probing the offensive line. And then in the second half, 
they just attack. It's crazy. You'll see, you're like, why weren't y'all doing that in the first half? Yeah. You know, I, I, every game I've been like that. Why weren't you doing this? And then I go, oh, well, you know, it, it's working. It's obviously what they're doing in the first half is just probing the offensive line, finding the weaknesses, seeing what people are going to react to this formation and this stunt and this twist and all this good stuff. And then, man, they just start killing them. I mean, the past few games we've had, uh, I think three or four drives in the fourth quarter that our defense is just completely dominating. <laughs> and it happened last week against the Atlanta Falcons. In the fourth quarter, we just dominated the fourth quarter. Our defensive line did. Mm-hmm. When they were backed up in the last play they had, the last drive they had, you know, they were backed up. They started off on our eight. <laughs> and uh, we sacked them. We, for, it, we It was just, we were just constant pressure on Matt Ryan. And it was, Shaq Barrett, JPP, Adamakong Sue. And those three guys are the key to our team. Without those three guys, we are not where we're at right now. That's for dang sure. But those guys bring it in the fourth quarter, man. And they start in the third quarter. You know, they'll start shutting offenses down. But the fourth quarter offenses, mm-hmm. man, they just shut them down. Man. Yeah. And we even saw it as far back as Kansas City. You know, how far up did they get on us? And then mm-hmm. in the third and fourth quarter, they only got, what, like seven points? Yes. Well, these guys are veterans, and they know to conserve their energy mm-hmm. for the fourth quarter. And You know, we're not running a lot of blitzes uh, like we were at the beginning of the year. We're not doing a lot of dropping back our uh, outside linebackers. I think we Thank did God. It, we did it, I think, seven times this this game. Uh, it, it it's, it's a lot, kind of, but not as much as we normally have been doing it. Uh, and, you know, we're we're simplifying our defense a little bit. And I think we're doing that because the first half of the game, some of our guys just kind of look confused out there and they're getting whooped. Uh, so, David, I'm worried about him. Uh, it, it, from a personal standpoint, you know, I think there's something, something going on there. I mean, he got trucked by a tight end. Oh. Yeah. And it's not a good luck. No. I mean, this is Levante David. It just yeah. doesn't happen to him. And the tight ends going out, how this was not called uh, illegal contact, I don't know. Because it happened right at the five-yard limit, and it carried on for another five yards. But, yeah, I mean, the tight end just comes out, and it wasn't Luke Stocker. Oh, my gosh, who was it? Hurst. Yes. Hayden Hurst. Yes, Hayden Hurst. He comes running out, heads straight for Levante David, and just ran him over. Hit him after five yards, and then ran him over for the next five yards. And Levante David kind of laid there. No. Yeah, and then he got up real slow, and he didn't go towards the ball. He just stood there. You know, and it's stuff like that that just, I'm like, oh, man, what is going on, David? It's just not David. It's not David. It's one, it's not David to get trucked, especially by a tight end. Mm-hmm. And two, to kind of lay there and then just kind of stand there when you do get up. Uh, yeah, so I don't know what to say about David. Uh, 45, Devin White. Now, I'm going to say this. is going to piss a lot of people off, too. His stats were great. His play wasn't that great. <laughs> I mean, he had he had three sacks, yes. Uh-huh. First One, sack. it was like kind of like technically that's a sack, but right. like not that was not a sack. Right. Uh 
the, the first wasn't that the one where Matt Ryan like fell down? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was the third one. Matt Ryan falls down, mm-hmm. and Devin White walked over. Yeah. And Devin White had nothing to do with Matt right. Ryan falling. Down I think either. like he had touched Matt first, and then Matt fell, and it was like he no. was the only one that touched him. No, no, he wasn't. He wasn't even in the scrum. I mean, there was <laughs> it was Levante. I mean, not Levante. It was um, Shaq Barrett, JPP, and the Dominican Sioux had come at Ryan. And he stepped forward and he'd run into his own guy <laughs> and kind of fell down. And Levante David came, or uh, Devin White came over and tapped him. Wow. So he got credit for that sack. And then the first sack of the game, the running back totally whiffed on blocking him. So he had a free shot to Matt Ryan. Oh, no. That. Devin White did. Yeah, but the second sack was Devin White. Uh, Keith Smith, their fullback, went out to block him. Devin White juked him so good. <laughs> and... Came around the pile, just yeah, that, that was a good sack. Uh, but <laughs> Devin, <laughs> Devin White was a large reason why we fell behind fast. Ooh. Yeah, uh, you remember that twenty-five yard pass to Luke Stocker? Mm-hmm. It was it was like a ten-yard pass. He was wide open, and then he ran for another fifteen yards. Yeah, that was Devin White. Total breakdown in coverage. Oh. He, he got confused, apparently, as to who he was supposed to cover and left Luke Stocker wide open. Everybody else had their man covered. The Devin White was covering oh, Levante David's man. Both mm. Devin White and Levante David were both covering a dude. You know, is it miscommunication, though? Is- I don't know. I don't. I really don't know if it's miscommunication or just confusion. Yeah. You know, just, uh, but everybody else knew what they were doing. Okay. You know, uh, but then that wasn't the only one. Uh, let me see the first quarter. Yeah. And uh, Bruce Arians brought this up, but he didn't call names. First quarter, their first third down. This was at uh, 1349. It's 39. Devin White missed a tackle. And the guy caught the pass right in front of him. He went to tackle him. The guy avoided him. And the guy got the first down. And Bruce Arian said that that was a big reason why we had such a hard time in the game is because of that play. Huh. He said if we would have stopped them there, got them off the field, got our offense, but they ended up driving down the field and scoring up there. Uh, then in uh, the second quarter at 941, on fourth and two, they went for it on fourth and two. Devin White again screwed up in coverage. And this was the one where – the mentor and Devin White and Levante Dever were kind of arguing after the play. They were you know, pointing fingers at each other, and you could tell they were a little heated. But Devin White screwed up in coverage on that one and got beat. They got the first down on a fourth and two. You know, so I, you know, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I'm not going to begrudge the guy NFC Player of the Week. His stats were great, you know, but he he messed up, and it, it, his, his mistakes cost us. But yeah, the the inside linebackers have really, really – and we've been saying this for quite a few weeks, but they've really, really got to step up, man. They're they're becoming a liability. Ooh. You know, even NFC NFC player of the week or not, you know, you can't be allowing, you know, 25-yard passes, missing tackles, and uh, letting a fourth and two get by you because you busted coverage. Mm. You know, I mean, those are, those are big things. You know? So, anyhow – uh, dropped passes. We had five in this game. Five. Three of them were by running backs. Two of them, Fournette. One by uh, Vaughn, which he looks so 
crushed when he dropped that pass. It was right oh, to him. No. Yeah, and he was just standing on the sidelines with his head down. He was just like, because I think they pulled him right after, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> he knew it too. He, he like slow walked a shame back to the sideline. <laughs> Uh, but Godwin had a drop pass and Mike Evans had a drop pass. Mm. So that's five drop passes. Yeah. We have way too many drop passes on this team. Uh, Wells, 72. I'm sitting there and I'm watching and I'm going, you know, he, he didn't play bad. I'm uh, good. Yeah, I was, I was kind of impressed. Low expectations. Yes, exactly. I was really <laughs> scared. But it, it's really Tom Brady that makes, you know, makes these guys look as good as they are. Uh, but then after I did everything and I tallied up, you know, who had you know who got beat and who had good plays and all that good stuff? Uh, Josh Wells had seven bad plays too, <laughs> one good one. No, yeah. So I was like, Ugh. but you know, Ugh. he didn't really give up any sacks and stuff. So you that's know, good. Kind of, at least I don't think he did. Good we, Lord, we had one seven sack, bad right? plays. No, he didn't get sacked at all. <laughs> After I, I was like, I don't remember him doing that bad, but apparently he did. You know who should have got... Oh, no, I lied. I just said we he didn't get sacked at all. That's not true. He had three sacks. Got sacked three times. Brady got sacked three times? Yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it was the same exact as what uh, Matt Ryan got sacked. So it was kind of a, a wash. Uh, they were both sacked like three times, 24, 25 yards. So. Hmm. Well, our running backs did great. They blitzed quite a bit. And our running backs did. Our running backs have had to the past three or four weeks had to stay in a block a lot more than they had all season. And you know, me and you were worried about that coming in because last yeah. year they sucked. And uh, this year they've done good. Uh, there was one one screw up, and I think it allowed a sack. But uh, they were they were laying some good blocks. It was really good. I was impressed with them. And that was Fournette and McCoy. Okay. Say. The two veteran guys. Yeah, yeah, who are mm-hmm. in there doing the good blocks. Yeah. Uh, we need to talk about Shaq Barrett, though. Okay. Shaq Barrett is still playing elite, and th- that he doesn't get credit. Mm. He's, the thing is, he's not sewing up on the stats. Yeah. You know, but I counted nine good plays. That's incredible because, again, he showed up on the stat sheet and had three total tackles. Two right. solo and a one and a half TFL. So it's like, <laughs> no, it yeah, like you're like, anything. where were you? But he's out there. He, him and JPP and Sue are the key to this team. But he had he had nine good plays and zero bad ones. And that's Shaq <laughs> Barrett. That's every game. He just, I think last week I had him with one bad play where he screwed up. Uh, well, you know, and I wanted to bring this up when you were talking about how good those three are. And if you'll notice, they're all three are technicians. Mm -hmm. Like JPP is a little more instinct aggressiveness, Aggressiveness, but he's definitely like gotten his moves. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Shaq Barrett, that's what he is. He's a Swiss army knife um, Mm -hmm. defensive lineman. And then Sue, you know, he is such a, he's a technician too. He's just a master of his craft. So. Yeah. It's interesting to me that they're the ones who are probing, using their moves to see where the offensive line might be vulnerable and then coming up with a plan later, you know, together to coordinate mm-hmm. and yeah. make plays. Yeah, and it seems like they do coordinate with each other where they're where they're like, Okay, what have you seen? What about you know, they get together, they mm-hmm. talk about it and they go, Okay, here's what we're gonna do on this drive and then they just dominate there's no there's no offensive line in the league that could stop those three guys 
There's That's none. crazy. I mean, they are elite, and uh, they you would have to have an elite offensive line to be able to just keep them at, at a mediocre level. But, yeah, no, those guys are just incredible. I, I sit there and I watch them, and I'm like, wow. I mean, this – to have three guys like this on a football team is just—it's a blessing, and it's really covering up everybody else's. But I, no, I will say this: Nacho is really stepping up. Past few games, man, he, mm. in this game he played great. Uh, Golston—he's eh, actually kind of declined a little bit. Okay. Uh, McClendon—he actually had a play the other uh, in the Minnesota game, which you know he hasn't really done. He's just been a guy. I mean, he ain't screwing up, but he's yeah, you know, not really. He's doing not Vita. Yeah, I right. mean, that's what I was about to say is that can you – it just kind of breaks my heart that Vita's not there, mm, yeah, like what they could be with yeah. Vita. Those three guys and Vita, ugh. Oh, man, we were so dominant. God. We were killing ugh. people, and it was oh, – I miss Vita so much. I know. <laughs> I got to get his jersey. I really do. He's he's like my favorite football player to watch. He's just – he's so much fun to watch. Uh, but McClendon is, you know – Stepping it up a little bit more, but uh, let's see. With Davis, Khalil Davis, the guy we drafted, mm-hmm. he got some reps in a couple games ago, and he looked really good. I want to see more of him. But Jeremy Ledbetter, oh my gosh! I mean, he had plays out there. I thought he was Domikong Sue. <laughs> I don't. I did. I actually wrote down, "Wow, Sue had a good play there." And then I'd watch. Uh, uh, wait a minute, Sue's over here. Who is that? Ah, that's ninety-five. Oh what? my goodness. Yeah, yeah, that led better. He he was out there for, uh, let me see, I have it down here. He had 18 snaps. Mm. And in those 18 snaps, he had four good plays. So that's 20% of the time. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. When you get four good plays out of 18 snaps, man, you are doing something. And uh, he looks extremely strong and... Uh, what's the word? Smart. Hmm. You know. Interesting. Yes, I, I'm excited about him. He was in on one play, and I forget which one it was. It was one of the ones that we clipped during mm. the game where he flopped on somebody at the end. It was Matt Ryan he flopped on. Yeah, Devin yeah. White sacked Matt Ryan, and <laughs> Ledbetter came in and flopped on <laughs> top of him. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, that, but that was it. Ledbetter was right there. Yeah. You know, I mean, if, if Devin White wouldn't have got to him, Ledbetter was going to get to him. Speaking of Matt Ryan, you know, when I watch these games, I mark when the play starts, you know, when the ball is snapped. And I always have fun trying to predict when the play is going to snap, you know, when the ball is going to snap, you know, because quarterbacks like to try and trick the defense. So I try to, you know, play that little game and like, you know, I'll, I'll hit the button. It's a, it, the Elm button marks the video. So I'll be like, okay, is it going to snap? Going to snap now? Oh, dang it. You know, and I'll miss it and I'll have to. Change around. Matt Ryan is the most predictable goddamn snapper <laughs> on the planet. It is amazing. I don't know how he doesn't get sacked 500 times a game because you could tell when he's going to snap the ball almost yeah. every time. You know, there, there are some quarterbacks like Drew Brees. It's just like almost impossible to figure out when he's going to snap the yeah. ball. Yeah. But Matt Ryan's got to tell, and we've talked about this on the podcast years ago. You know, he's got, when he's under center, he spreads his legs real quick. He puts his knees out real quick uh-huh. right before the ball snaps. Oh, yeah, and dips his butt a little bit. Does he dip yeah, his butt? Yeah, he does this yeah. little flex thing yeah. every time. And it's like, how does he not get killed <laughs> by these guys jumping so quick? 
because they know he's going to snap the ball. Yeah. He doesn't go out there and try to trick you with crazy snap counts and all that stuff. Uh, Tom Brady does. He'll, you know, he'll go through a series where you're just like, okay, here's where he's going to snap it. Okay, here's where he's going to snap it. Okay, here's where, oh, he got me on that one. <laughs> Let's change it up just enough, you know. So I just want to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. Yeah, I got, got a lot of notes about the Delonte David and Devin White jawing at each other after plays. And the secondary looking defeated. You know, there's a they they gave uh, up too many big plays and just looked really sad out there. You know, oh, like I said, they weren't congratulating each other, and they made some good plays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, penalty wise, there was uh, nine uncalled penalties, two against the Bucks, and seven against Atlanta. How much against the Bucks? Two. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Un- uncalled penalties. Do, do you want to hear what the penalties were for the game? Uh, very few. The actual call. Yeah. Oh. So we had one for 10 yards. Which, wow. And the Falcons had three for 28. Yeah. The first penalty was not called until the third quarter with a minute 45 seconds left. It was a very well played game. It was fun. It was so fun to watch. There was, you know, a lot of coaching stuff that was, a, and we have, Changed our uh, uh, offense. Probably it's probably forty sixty now, where it's forty percent of the hybrid Tom Brady plays. Mm-hmm. You know, and we actually ran a triple crossing route. I've never seen us run that in. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen us run that, but we definitely haven't run it since Arians has been here. But it, it worked out great. It was so great. I'll put it in the video. Uh, and Mike Evans got completely wide open. It was so beautiful. <laughs> it, was, it was really a master. So that's one of Tom Brady's plays? Yeah, yeah. He likes those crossing routes and the uh, slants and the uh, stuff going across the middle. Uh, that's that's not an Arians. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I think last year we had 10 plays like that all year long, you know, with Arians calling. And this year we we've had 10 in the past two games wow yeah we're doing a lot more slants and drag routes and uh just getting guys going across the middle but that that play was beautiful because what it does it was it was like a mesh mm-hmm. where you where you had two receivers on uh the left side run across the field to the right and you have one receiver on the right side run across the field to the left now it worked out perfect because it was man coverage and what happens is you end up with three receivers in the middle crossing each other, three guys covering those receivers crossing each other. So you've got six guys, including the linebackers who are dropping back in coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you ended up with, I think it was seven guys in a big ball. Right a big mess. Yeah. And Mike Evans shot out the other side completely free. His, the guy covering him lost him immediately because it was <laughs> no. such a mess of people. And, uh, yeah, Mike Evans come out the other side. I think he ended up with like a 30 yard, 40 yard catch. Dang. Yeah. It was beautiful. I mean, it was, it was, it was perfectly designed, perfectly executed, caught him at the right moment. Yeah. So it was a lot of that going on in this game. It was a very, very cerebral game. Mm-hmm. So that was fun to watch. But yeah, you know, dirt cutter on the other side, he, you know, he's going to eat up your secondary. He's just going to do it. 
You know, he did it when he was with us. I was amazed at how he, how good he was at getting receivers open. And, uh, you know, he did it to us. You know, so we can't, we can't bitch about it too much. It's dirt cutter. Uh, but, you know, we did the same thing. We went right back at him. You know, we were, we were throwing blows. And then uh, at the third, about the middle of the third quarter, we just dominated him. I mean, we were just throwing left and right. We were dropping bombs. That, be- that pass by Tom Brady to Antonio Brown, you couldn't get more perfect than that. I mean, Antonio Brown could have closed his eyes and that ball would have landed. It did. It literally landed right. I kept watching it. I was like, wow, this is so beautiful. <laughs> and something happened during that play that was really awesome. I can't remember what it was. Dang it. I think Tristan Wirfs laid somebody out. Yeah, can't remember. Cool. It's in the video. Yeah. So go go watch the things I found interesting videos and you'll see it. And you also get to see the reaction of the Atlanta super fan. There was one there that he, he was just entertaining as hell for me. Did he with, leave? Maybe, maybe I'm not gonna give. I'm not gonna tell you. You gotta watch the video. Watch <laughs> All right, so that's the that's the Atlanta game. Worried about the secondary. Uh, they've really got to step it up. Extremely worried about Levante David. You know, it, from a personal personal thing. Uh, you know, and we when we first started noticing this, we brought it up, and we were like, "Why is the media not saying anything about this? Because it's obvious, obvious that something's going on with him." You know, just they should just bring up, you know, his play has just not been up to par because I don't know. I mean, I I don't necessarily want his personal business out there, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but you know, something's something something's got to break. So anyhow, keep an eye on Levante David this game coming up. Hopefully, he'll be back to his old self. Uh, it's not it's not a physical thing, you know. He does look injured or nothing like that. It just seems like he's mentally not. Uh, all in right now. All right, so interesting. We beat the Atlanta Falcons. We have the limping Detroit Lions coming up. What do you got, Molly? You sat here and watched them. What do you got? I did. You know, I watched their game against the Titans. So not every game is always representative of a team. That's all you watched was the Titans. Uh, it was, yeah. I'll admit it. But it was a fun game to watch. They were fun to watch. And they did get their ass handed to them. Like, I forget what the score was. It was like 25 to 40 something. It was 39, 28, I think, when I saw it. Yeah, okay. So Yeah, so no, it was like double. Like, they beat them by double digits. Tennessee did. Um, But they do like to take shots down the field. Detroit does? Yeah, Detroit does. And Matt Stafford, he would throw some, like, beautiful passes that were spot on and perfect. And then he would throw others where there was, like, nobody there. And I don't know if it's a miscommunication with his receivers Mm -hmm. or if it was his accuracy. I don't know. It was was weird, but. um, Uh, Yeah, yeah. I Matt Stafford's a great quarterback. I've always thought he's he's got that he could throw a rope seventy yards down the field, mm-hmm. you know. and they do that. Yeah. Their offense does. They have this running back Swift too. He's a he's all right. They kind of always have these like mediocre, know. you know. I know to go from Barry Sanders. I Ever know. since Barry Sanders, they have not been able to get that running back. Yeah, um, but. He's kind of built like Peyton Barber. That's who he reminds me of. And he 
he didn't do too bad against Tennessee. He got like 67 yards and um, two touchdowns. So he did all right. Not too bad. I don't think we're going to have any trouble holding him. It's not going to be an issue. Um, their receiver, Marvin Jones, he got over 100 yards. But, you know, he that was like it. So they're not too bad. They've allowed their defense has allowed a league high 31.1 points a game. Oh, my so, goodness. I know. So they give up a lot of points. Although, like, their defensive line, I was wondering how good they are because they uh, they were hitting pretty hard. They did get um, Tannehill for a safety, and they just clobbered him. It was awful. Like, you could hear the pads cracking in the broadcast. Like, it was a hit. I, th- there's always been something about Detroit. Uh, it's a culture up there. You know, they, they're they very, that blue-collar mentality, kind of like the Steelers. Uh, Detroit has always, always, always been a tough team. Yeah. You know, hard-hitting, just, you know, that, that mindset. I always, man, playing them has always been like, gosh, you know, somebody's going to be injured in this game, that's for sure. Uh, but their defense is not, um, they might, be showing up on the film, but they're not showing up on the stat sheet. So they give up over 400 yards a game and can't stop the run either. The 31st in the NFL and 27th for the pass. I'm picking Leonard Fournette up in my face. (laughs) No, I already got him. Did you? Yeah. Shit. I got him last week. I can't drop him now. I got Rojo. Y'all don't tell, don't tell on us. Uh, But they have just 12 takeaways and 19 sacks. So their defense, not great, although they do have some splashy – or they did have some spa- splashy plays against Tennessee. I doubt very seriously if they'll do much against our offensive line. Our offensive line has been playing really good and yeah. a lot more aggressive. Uh, Jensen had some some nice nice good film clips this week. Uh, Worfs did too. Worf laid out. <laughs> Grady Jarrett. I mean, de-cleated him. It was what? beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and Josh Wells, while – you know, Donovan Smith, <laughs> say what you will about him, but when he's gone, it's scary. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Josh Wells did pretty good. I, you know, he, he wasn't absolutely horrible. And, uh, you know, Marpet's back and, you know, Kappa's been playing great. You know, I, the, but Tom Brady really is the core reason why our offensive line is so good. Uh, not, I mean, not. Not take anything away from them. Those guys are good. But, you know, but now they don't have to stand there and protect for five seconds while somebody's running around in the backfield. You mm-hmm. know? And uh, so they're able to do what they're supposed to do, which is, you know, stop somebody for two and a half, three seconds, and then, you know, protect one spot on the field. It just makes it so much easier for them. Yeah. So they're – I'm not too worried about their defense, like, for those reasons and that it doesn't seem like they're all that great. Um, but I am worried about Agnew on special teams, who is their returner. Oh, listen, no. listen, I know. I know. This, he could hurt us. So, um, punt returns, he's 10, he's got 10 on the season for 78 yards. So he's got a 7.8 yard average. But on kick returns, he has 24 attempts, 643 yards. Damn. I know, on kick returns. So that's almost a 27-yard average. He's got a 71-yard long. So I'm concerned about him. We uh, 
Uh, one thing you say about Pinion is he he can kick it out. Dangerous. Yeah, I so, think that's so what we need to do. To that do. With this, yeah. is what you say. Well, we're yeah. playing in Detroit, right? Yeah. So okay, it's a dome. The weather's yeah. not going to be a factor. Yeah, Pinion will kick it out of the end zone every time. Yeah, that's what they need to do. Okay, good. Yeah. Get that memo to Arians. I know, right? <laughs> the other thing that's going to be working in our advantage, which is not great for them. So, first of all, on the 21st, they announced that their special teams coordinator, Braden Coombs, was being uh, relieved of duties. And ESPN is reporting that the firing was due to him calling a fake punt that contradicted a direct instruction from Bavel, who's their interim head coach, <laughs> during their loss to Tennessee. Mutiny. Yeah, so the and the the fake punt failed and the Titans got the ball like on the thirty five. Oh, so they basically it was like a walk in. Damn. Almost. And of course that was after Mount Patricia was relieved of duties November twenty eighth. Daryl Bavel took over as interim head coach. But now Bavel is gonna be replaced uh for this game because they had a COVID. Well, they haven't had an outbreak. Um, Just close, all right? It was contact. Yeah, it's all close contacts. Their practice squad linebacker, Anthony Pittman, and a staffer tested positive. So then they had to cancel practice on Tuesday and go virtual. And then basically the whole coaching staff is uh, deemed to be a close contact. And so they're having to replace their coaching staff for the day to call plays and whatnot. Now, the De- Detroit Free Press is reporting that a Lions defensive assistant was not wearing his contact tracing device, and then another person held in-person meetings in their office. So I don't know if there's going to be any league discipline for <laughs> this. Uh, it seems like having a coach without half of your staff would be punishment enough, but we'll see. They are still the coaches are participating in media meetings via zoom but it's a matter of who's calling the plays so they're missing their interim head coach daryl bevel their defensive coordinator their defensive line coach their defensive backs coach and their linebackers coach so none of them are able to call plays the wide receiver coach, Robert Prince, is going to act as the head coach. Their quarterback's coach, Sean Ryan, will be the offensive coordinator. I guess Bavel is the offensive play caller, typically, is what I would assume, because all the other coaches that are out are defensive coaches. Um, their head coach slash our head coach assistant slash research and, and, and analysis is going to be the defensive play caller. And then their defensive assistant is going to coach the defensive backs. Their director of football research is going to coach, coach the linebackers. What? I know. <laughs> they got office guys. Yeah. They're out there coaching. That's hilarious. Oh, no. Okay. This is weird. I don't know. Okay, William Clay Ford, minority coaching assistant. Ty Warren is going to be their defensive line coach for the day. Um, 
so Bevel has not tested positive as of Wednesday. The team did ask for the game to be moved, but the NFL rejected that request. So I, it doesn't matter. They could have 300 extra coaches. They're not going to beat us. I know. You know, I mean, of course, you know, any given Sunday we could go out there and implode, but that's yeah. the only way they could beat us is if we implode. <laughs> I know. I know. I agree. Uh, as far as a Rojo update, a Joe Bucks fan had a report this morning that, um, of course, Rojo is not playing for the game. He can't make it out of the COVID protocol in time for the game. I think he's right at like nine games, so he can't be. Um, or he will be at nine nine days for the game. I, I forget which one it is, but uh, he Joe Bucks fans reporting that he has no symptoms, so he's super frustrated that he's sidelined by it, and that he's eleven days out from breaking his pinky, and the Bucks <sighs> don't know how football ready the pinky is. So that's a huge question for us. Although I mean, we have since he's sitting. Saturday, which I think he should. Um, we've got an extra week to figure that out. Carlton Davis is another big question. He's going to be a game time decision. Um, he's got that groin injury that took him out of the Falcons game. And then, of course, Donovan Smith is going to be back this week. He was activated from the COVID list, so he is good to go. Um, our protected players from the practice squad this week are kicker Greg Joseph, wide receiver Jaden Mickens, cornerback Herb Miller, and guard John Mul- Moulton. So, yay. Right. So it looks like we uh, got a good game coming up Saturday. It is going to be, uh, what time? Do oh, we one know? o'clock. One o'clock. Mm-hmm. Saturday. Prime time. Well, 1 o'clock Eastern of, Standard right? Time. Yeah. So be there. The be only, square. We're the only game at that time. Yeah. Time slot. I like so it. I think it's going to be a good game. I do not expect a complete curb stomping of the Detroit Lions. I think they do have some good flashes. Uh, I think we'll see some good plays for them. They can make plays. But I think that we, I mean, it's just not. It's not going to be a other contest. Than, <laughs> other than throwing deep balls, and there's really not a whole lot to their offense. Yeah. Okay. Well, they can get them on us. <laughs> At least in the first, yeah. first half. Yeah. And after that, ain't no more deep balls. I know. Deep balls are done. Get them all in while you can. Yep. All right. Well, that's a long one. We went over our limit. Hope yeah. everybody's not upset about that. Yeah, we're just making up for... And I'm not doing slack. it for two weeks. Yeah, slack. Has it been two weeks? It's not. Yeah. It's been a week. Whatever. You whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to do a score prediction? Yeah. Okay. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to go with 38 Buccaneers, 21 Detroit. I like that. Now nah, you know what? Can I copy you? <laughs> Let's give them. What? Let's give them 24. Oh, that's nice of you. Yeah. Do you think we're going to spot them that much in the first? Yeah, I do. Well, we're going to spot them 17, you know. That's, uh, that works. 
Um, I am thinking, hmm, I'm going 41 to 26. Let's call it that. Yeah. E. Bucks, e. of course. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, we win this one. We are in the playoffs. No questions asked. Yes. Even if we lose, Even if, if Chicago we lose. loses, we will be in. Yeah. Yeah. And who is Chicago playing? I forget. Oh my goodness! I know <laughs> this. Uh, it, it's, it's. Wait not a minute! Minnesota. I have it. I can find it very quickly. Do it. Ooh, that Jacksonville. Oh no! Shoot. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So next week. <laughs> I mean, they could lose. Chicago hey, could lose. Any, any, the Rams any lost to the Jets, Sunday. so I know anything could happen. Yeah, yeah. So you know, we win, we're in. I uh, think Jacksonville is having like quarterback controversy too. I think Glennon got benched and they put Minshew in, and I think they haven't named a starter for Sunday. Glennon got benched. Yeah, there's a shocker. I know. Now, with well, Minshew, no. What's a shocker is that Minshew got benched in favor of Mike Lennon. I thought he didn't get benched. I thought he was like COVID or got hurt or something. I don't know. I don't know. Here we go. Fact check. Follow up on that one. one. Yeah. All right. We need to get out of here. All right. We have gone way over the limit. We're gonna get fined. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we missed you guys. Missed doing the podcast. It's uh something we enjoy doing. We uh, want to get back up on our schedule. This has just been a weird year, man. Everybody knows it. So. Well, and um, Christmas, it's just crazy this time of year. Yeah. Well, we, we I've got a whole pocket full of excuses. <laughs> One thing you can count on me for, I'm an excuse master. <laughs> uh, but, uh, guys, we do appreciate it. And if you're in Detroit, go go to the game and show up. Let's be. Uh, let's put some red in the seats up there, man. Are they having people? I don't know. I should probably have figured that out. Yeah. Well, even if they're not having people bust in, kick a door down, go in there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's keep it positive. Let's get out there and, uh, you know, wear our colors proud. We are one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team in the league. But you got to get our shit straight. (laughs) Levante. Okay. Anything else to say? I just want to say Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everyone. Bucks Nation. Merry Christmas. Merry Enjoy Christmas. Enjoy the holiday with the fam. Yes. <clears throat> For reals. We're having a very limited, just family, just a. Uh, quiet. Yeah, mm-hmm. very quiet. And last year we had, what, 15 people? Oh, God, a whole house full of people. For two, three days. And now this week, nobody. Your dad's coming later in the day mm-hmm. on Christmas Day. But that's so weird. I don't think I've ever had a Christmas with just a small amount of people. I know. Oh, well, we're going to enjoy it. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us. Till next time. Go Bucks.